0: I am enjoying the new format and information on the sutra you are sharing. When you say the new format, that means I didn't have any PowerPoint before. I, I did, but I, I stopped for a long time. So now that I introduced the PowerPoint, maybe you, you're, you're new, and uh, then you can see clearly a PowerPoint presentation. So you enjoy the format of the PowerPoint presentation. That's good. Hope to see you every time though. It's good to say this is good, but then sometimes going to a party could be better. <laughs> Well, anyway, answers. Please explain in more detail the six realms and how azuras are in each realm. So you're interested in the six realms of reincarnation. We're talking about uh, the Buddhist cosmology just now in the meditation hall. And by cosmology, we mean the shape and evolution of the universe and how they come about according to the Buddhist scriptures and we talk about these planes of existence cosmology is about a universal plane of existence not every religion touch on that uh... concept because mostly uh... the, the religions depend on faith they may not research i heard a comment from one of my the youtube uh... Um, presentation and there's one comment it says i like uh, i like what you talk about a Buddhist is a researcher and an investigator. Yeah, this is true. A Buddhist is not a blind faith believer. A Buddhist is a researcher, as a researcher, a researcher of what? of life. Investigator of what? about the, the journey. Investigate about a journey for that spiritual odyssey going to enlightenment. So we are both a researcher and an investigator. you are a researcher, an investigator. Getting back to the six rams now. So we're in the three planes of existence. The lowest ram, which is the desire of form, and the second level up is the Rubadhatu, which is the form ram. And the third is, of course, a Rubadhatu. We call it the formless ram. And before you even start trying to understand the Buddhist philosophy, this is a starting point. You've got to know where you are. Where do you stand? If you don't even know the plane of existence, you are on shaky ground when you go further into, into the philosophy of Buddhism. So, where are we now? Identify yourself. In which location? You are, we are, all, you and I, we are in the desire realm. that dattu. Why are we in the desire realm? Because for lives, for many, many lifetimes, we always are, Uh, overwhelmed with desires, what kind of desires? Desires for wealth, desires for reputation, desire for sleeping, desire for killing animals for food, desire for lots of desires, you name them. Sexual desires, so to speak. All these are sensual desires. Why are they called sensual desires? Because what you interact with through your six sensory organs, your eyes, one, your nose, your ear, your tongue, your body, which is the touch, and your final, your brain, all these things correspond to everything, all environments. And in the process of interacting, consciousness arises. And this consciousness are being assisted by many mental afflictions, like what? The feeling of jealousy, hatred, violence, fraudulence, depression, anger, you name them. All of these, the bad ones, they're the good ones too. Sometimes your senses would would be assisted by benevolent feelings, like courtesy, kindness, helpful, you're not only performing bad things, you're performing good things, but unfortunately we are always most of the time performing bad things, so we're creating bad karmas. So our senses interact. When our senses interact, we have a lot of desires. And because of these desires, then we tend to react accordingly, through our behavior, through our speech, through our thoughts, in the form of volitional actions and speech and we perform something, we bring out the karma that creates karmic energy and this karmic energy is latent in us it's ingrained in us forever whatever you have done what every thought, every karmic energy every, every, I don't know what units you 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 denominated for energy, I don't know every energy, every unit of energy get registered in your, in your what? in your memory, like your computer disk drive. It will never get away. Once it is registered in the memory, it will never get away. It's waiting for retribution, waiting for cause. So because if you have energy, that energy, you carry that energy, that energy is not material though, it's consciousness. Then when you die, you bring this energy to the next body. And when you die again, you bring to the next body. As a matter of fact, you are rotating like in a, a spiral, and like a windmill. Like an ever, ever moving windmill. Have you ever heard that sound, the windmill of your mind? You're like a windmill turning and turning non-stopping. We have been like that for many, many times, many, many lives. And where does this karmic energy take us to? Into what form in each life? It depends on how heavy, how bad, how good your karmic energy has been. So depending on on the magnitude of good or bad energy, you roll into that form. And what form to take usually? Six forms. Six Rams. You could roll into hell, victims of hell. You could roll into humans' ram. You could roll into the ghost ram. Spirits. Ghost Rams. You could roll into Azura's RAM. You could roll into God's Ram. God is also a Ram. Or devas ram. Gods, or sometimes called guardian angels, or devas, or, or, or people in heaven. People in heaven. But they still reincarnate. But they're in a much higher level than us. So we have the six paths of reincarnation. Even within each ram, there is different levels. The people who are handsome, the people who are ugly, people who are beautiful, people who are not pretty, people unhealthy, people who have... Uh, uh, applied in life that, that is so vicious uh, and, and so bad that they don't want to survive anymore. A lot of sufferings. So we're all in different magnitude of suffering and magnitude of happiness. What have you done in your past? Some people ask, Oh, what did I do in the past? Can I know what I do in the past? You watch what you are suffering now. You watch what you've got now, then you know what you've done in the past. So. This are the six realms of reincarnation that we always roll into, and plus there's a lot of complications. There's a lot of complications. We are all more or less related. In other, wor- in other words, there's no single effect without a cause. There's no, no effect without a cause. So in other words, the fact that you're coming here today and we're talking to each other, listening to me, maybe you and I will were passenger on a ship one million lives ago. It is written in a scripture that for anyone who are on the same boat see each other, just nod of their head, say, oh how are you? Say, hello. They must have met before within the 500 lives or talk to each other in 500 lives. You are the son of your dad not because You don't have any reason. You've come here because you know your dad before, your mom, your wife, your husband. Hopefully your husband is not coming to get you this life. Otherwise he will divorce you or he will have an affair that makes you so sad that you don't want to live. He may be your debtor, you may be your creditor. There are parents who who have a few children and they hate one and they love the other. Why? Because they, they are different. They all have different relationships. They all have different businesses, unfinished businesses. Okay? And then, these are the six rams, and you ask me how Azuras are in each ram. Azuras is a name, a Sanskrit name. The Sanskrit name Azura has a few characteristics and meaning in it. One is competitive spirit. In other words, Azuras are very competitive, they always want to be better than you. They always was, you want to do this, I want it better. They're always ferocious. In other words, they always like to use power to subdue you, to control you. And they always want to fight. They always want suppression. These are the Asuras, the characteristics of Asuras. And Asuras appeared in all these other five rams. They are classified as a separate ram just to identified it so that you understand, but they are all in the other ramps. And let me give you an example. In the human ramp, who are the Azuras? Who were the Azuras in the history of human civilization? They are those tyranny, tyrant kings, bad kings, bad queens who persecute people, who, who, who um, slaughter the whole tribe, or, 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 or Hitler kill six million Jews. He watched Azura in the human realm during that time. Or many others, or killers who committed criminal offenses, who killed people. They're competitive, they're suppressive, they want to control, they're always fighting. These are the Azuras in the human realms. And if someone is so violent that you want to, always want to hurt people, he could be classified as an Azura. That's in the human realms. If you've got an Azura in your family, you're in trouble. The breadwinner, supposed to be the breadwinner of the family, your dad, could be a wino. Beating up members of the family, always on alcohol, didn't get a good job. So finally the home is broken. The kids go to orphanages. So he is an Azura of the family. But there are, oh, there are dads who are very responsible, who love their kids so much. They want to see through everything, want their kids to be the best. They want to give them the best. There are even Azuras in the family. There are Azuras in the country, there are Azuras internationally. Hitler is almost like an international Azura. Say, what are the Azuras in the animal's realm? Crocodiles, lions, tigers. Certainly an elephant would not be classified as an azura. Certainly a deer would not be classified as an azura. So there are azuras and non-azuras even in in each each ram. How about in the heaven ram, the devas? Who are the azuras? The devas, even the devas, the gods, the, the gods have two classification. They are the good gods and they are the gods who are always fighting with the other gods. They're called the, 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 the Deva Azuras. The Deva Azuras always f- are fighting with the De- ordinary Devas, trying to gain control of, of this desired realm. It is written in some sutras that if the Azuras won, the king of the Devas then our world is in trouble. We have starvation, we have international war, we have natural disasters, because the azuras, the the heavenly azuras are in control. Then we have the worst times for, for humans. If the ordinary devas are in control, we have good harvest, we have good weather, we don't have natural disasters, so there are azuras in each realm. You understand now, azuras? Azuras appear in each ram, but it's classified as one distinct one, so that you understand. In the Sutagaba Sutra, there are only five rams. They don't mention azuras because azuras appear in each already, so they don't even mention the six rams of reincarnation. They, they mention five rams of reincarnation. Can you explain the relationship about precepts, concentration, and wisdom? That is a good question. Jie, a precept. Ding, actually, Ding is not such concentration, it's meditation or samadhi. So we should say the relationship between precept, samadhi, S A M A D H I, and prajna. If we use Sanskrit, it's sila, samadhi, and prajna. If we use common English, it will be precept meditation and wisdom. So what is the relationship of these three perspectives, of these three columns? It takes the whole course. <laughs> it takes one year to explain really a detailed relationship. But let's simplify it. Well, we have to deal with it, right? Some people may ask, after taking the three refuges, after studying Buddhism for a while, and they say, so, Buddhism is a wide door. When we walk through the door, taking the the, the three refuges, we thought that there's a lot of things inside. Yes, but it's so much that I don't know where to start. Where do I start? Do I start by crossing my legs and get my meditation done? I meditate. Do I start by that? So what's the best way to start? So sometimes I think if we just apply this three-tier precept, meditation and wisdom, the best place to start is to to study the precept first. Why? Because what are we doing every day? We are creating bad karma. We are doing things that we shouldn't be doing. What things that we shouldn't be doing? We are killing, we are stealing, we are committing sexual misconduct, we are cursing, we are flattering, We have double-tonguing, we have greediness, we have jealousy, we have all these kind of things that create bad karma for us. And because I'm creating this bad karma every day, so I will suffer from it. Because according to causality, whatever bad cause I cultivate, I will get bad results, bad effects. So I don't want these bad things coming to me. That's the most urgent. I want to be good. I want to have a happy life. I want to live happily. I want to live peacefully. If you want to live peacefully, you have to know how to build up this path to peace. To build up this path to peace is if you have to do good, good deeds first. So if you believe in the Buddha's teachings and you're killing, committing sexual misconduct, cursing all the time, you're contradicting yourself. So what's the best thing to do is to follow the precepts. There are certain things that you must not do. If you don't do these things, then you are getting more and more to peacefulness. You're getting more and more to happiness. Mm -hmm. I know that actions involve what? The bad thing is killing, stealing, and sexual misconduct. Talk about behavior first. The broad general behavior. Killing, I don't want to kill because it's not good to kill. You're killing, you're supporting killing animals for food and they kill every day. Do you know how many millions of Pigs and cows and chickens, they slaughter every day. Have you gotten on the YouTube for slaughterhouses? Get on the YouTube for killing animals. Getting on the YouTube for killing zeal, for fur. You know how they kill 25,000 zeal every year in the Arctic Ocean? You know how they kill them? The whole ocean is like a bloody hole, a, an ocean with blood. And you, they kill them for the fur. They kill them alive with no electrocution. They just kill them. You you check into um, support support uh, um, sympathy or sympathetic with the seals. And um, there's so many non-human acts that human beings are doing every day to kill animals for fur, for eating, for meat. You know how they keep chickens? They have been to the chicken farms. Visit the YouTube for chicken farms. How they abuse all the chickens. How do chicken lay eggs? They're in a cage of maybe a foot by two feet, maybe even less. The hand is not allowed to move. Every day they lay the eggs. They can't even get to see their own laying. This is their own eggs. And they are sick. Some of the feathers gone out from the body. And they cut the beak in case they were so, they've gone crazy that they want to beak each other. So they cut off all the, 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 the hands beak. You know beak? They cut off so that they can't, they can't hurt each other anymore and, they, and their responsibility is just laying eggs day after day they give them hormones in, in the food and uh, you're eating that kind of eggs from the dirtiest part of the hand you've been supporting killing be a vegetarian, go veggie don't support killing animals I don't have to eat meat, I'm okay. You don't have to eat meat. You don't have to wear fur. You don't have to wear your mink coat. Because how many mink they kill support making a coat, a mink coat? 30, 40? You know how they kill the mink? I study. um, They smoke them alive. And. And in some countries, they skin them alive. They just hook them up and they pull pull out their skin and then throw the rest of the body onto a heap of bodies and their eyes are still blinking and looking around and struggling. And there are ladies who spend thousands of dollars for that mink coat. Not just one mink coat. I know a lady who have 30, more than 30, and she bought a huge fridge for putting a minko inside so that the mink can stay fresh and stay good. And she's been planning on how to store the next pack of that she's gonna buy. They have a lot of money. So you know why people suffer so much in this world? Because of the karmic energy they created. You've been supporting the killing. A professor told me, uh, when you're talking, Because when I I, I study presentations, you say when you're talking I'm sidetracking again but it's worth it. When you're talking you look at the eyes of the audience. If they go like this (laughs) that means you should stop. But I I know that there are students who when when they are learning and when they are watching, they open their eyes like that. They act as if they want to absorb it. I want to know that so that I can tell other people. I want to absorb. Their eyes are wide open and they listen very attentively. There are others who are like, I've heard this before. So, so they feel mink. So they they have fur. So I can't do anything about it. I mean, build up your spirit. There are people who kill black bears for the bio liquid. They caged a bear in a place like that wide and they cut open their stomach, exposed the bile put a tube to it and every week they sucked out the bile liquid to be used as medicine. So the poor bear was in, inside every time he got the, the bile liquid came out and some of the bears in the earlier times was suffering so much. Imagine if you're cut open without anesthesia, what do you, <laughs> what, how would you suffer? You're cut open and then they suck the bile liquid from you. So the bear was, suffer, was Was the bear gone crazy, and the bear committed suicide by putting out his guts, and he died. He preferred death. But this guy is very, very uh, clever. They tie the bear's hands, so they're always like that for 20 years. So every day they cut open, every day they suck the bile from there, and this poor bear suffer for 20 years, and there was, a, uh, there was a lady in, in, in America, in, 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 in the States, she learned about, she, she studied this, and she vowed to save all these black bears. She went about the country to protest, to, to do all kinds of things to help the black bears. So there are people who help, and there are people who hurt. Who do you choose to be? You want to be the people who hurt animals, or want to be the people who save animals? You make your choice you make your own destiny. You walk your path. Who do you want to be? Certainly, you don't want to be that bear. Even worse. Alright, so this precept, so you have, to, you have to know what you should do and what you should not do. You should abstain from killing. You should abstain from stealing. These are the precepts. I'm talking about the relationship. This relationship is You've got to do good first so that you you purify your karma. So that when you purify your karma, when you learn meditation, you are more peaceful. When you're more peaceful in learning meditation, you attain your wisdom. That's relationship. The relationship is very clear. There are certain things you can do, certain things you cannot do. If you obey, if you follow and conform to the precepts, you follow the precepts, you conform to the precepts, then you purify your karma. So that's the reason why I see people here taking precepts. So you start your precepts, then internally you build up a concentration in your meditation. Then you go into wisdom.